Hi, everyone. Hello. I was that really good worship. Those songs just bless my heart. Worthy is the name of Jesus. Nobody else deserves the praise that he does. There is nobody else like him, and he is God and God alone. Amen? amen. Okay, I know you can't really say amen. <laughs> I'll say it enough for us. Okay, we just really want to welcome you tonight to FC Live, um, especially for those who are watching via whatever means you are tonight. Um, also, if you are catching up, we just want to really welcome you and bless you tonight. And just, uh, it's my desire that what the word that God's placed on my heart, that it would bless you all here and through um, different waves that we've got at the moment. Um, so who listened this morning, actually? Isn't it good, the announcements that, that have been made? June 27th, hey, here we come. Yeah? Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. I am hoping that we have no restrictions so I can start hugging people. I think I'm going to become a hugger. You know those people that they hug you and you're like, you can let go now. I'm turning into one of them. <laughs> I'm hugging you for all of 2020 and into 2021. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, so... Over the next few weeks, you know, leading up to that, we're just going to be looking at a series of thoughts surrounding, you know, we are team. But tonight, um, I'm going to be looking at something that is, I think, quite intricate and quite, a, um, it's an intricate part of what I consider team, um, and that is we are family. Now, I am sure that when I say family, that brings up certain emotions within you. Um, I'm sure it would bring certain images up in your mind. Um, but that is what family does. It invokes and, you know, certain things within you and makes you think, hopefully, good feelings. Right? Um, I'm really passionate about this. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, and by extension, there are, um, I'm sure some of the things that I'm going to touch on tonight, you would have heard me speak about it before. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm quite passionate about this. Why does that always happen? You don't want water until you stand here, and then you start either coughing or sneezing, or you're like, I'm parched already, and I've only just started three minutes. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I'm just going to look at it tonight from a slightly different perspective. Um, and I, I just really want you to follow along with me. And, and I pray that it brings up certain things in you and kind of pushes you on to do something. Because I really do hope that tonight this word is going to propel you into action. I don't want you to hear this word. Um, and I'm looking at your faces and you're all part of a team and you're a part of doing something. But I want you to listen to this word and that God would seriously generate something within you that makes you not want to sit on those chairs. I really pray that he would want you to come to church and to do the things that we do and do it with love and willingly do it. Yeah? Okay. Right. So I want to look at one body with many parts. And tonight our base scripture would be 1 Corinthians 2 from verse 12 to about verse 27. And I really want to read all of it. You know, I like bringing my scriptures to go with what I'm talking about. So we're going to be looking at them tonight. 
Right, so the little heading of this, Paul says, one body, many members. And verse 12 goes, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? <coughs> Sorry. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And so those parts of the body that we think less honorable, <coughs> we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. And there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We're going to stay there for now. We are family. Do you know that song? It used to, every time I think about this one line, we are family, that song comes in my head. Sorry if I break out. <laughs> But we're going to look at we're a family and how it relates to being part of a team. And like I said before, I'm sure there are images in your head. Every time I think of the word family, my dad comes before, my dad's been dead um, since 2007, but I can see him and I can, all the emotions that surround my dad and the time I spent with my dad, it comes back up. My mom, my great aunt, my uncle, um, there are so many people that, because there are certain things, you don't even have to be in your family's, your biological family's presence, but it invokes all these different feelings in you. And I'm sure it's the same for you. You start thinking of your parents, your grandparents, your siblings, your cousins, your aunties, and, and by extension, I'm sure that even people like your godparents, oh, my dad's best friend, he's my uncle too. Do you know, my, my, my kids, my two children, they've got so many aunts and uncles. I'm sure you've heard me say that before. <sighs> my parents only had five kids. But they cannot count on both hands the amount of aunts and uncles they've got. 
because by extension, all these people that would have been a part of their lives growing up, they're aunts and uncles. Um, and I, I wanted to know like, what the world thought of family, so I looked it up. I did not like the dictionary's description of, oh, this is what it means. I did not like that because it did not fit into what I wanted. I wanted to find a biblical way of looking at it and the dictionary just wouldn't give it to me. So I went searching and I found um, this, this lady wrote, um, I'm going to read it and I really want you. She penned these words and I thought, oh, I really like this. And she said, it's not just any word lost in the passages of a vast dictionary. The mere mention of this word can invoke in it feelings of love and belonging in you. Love and belonging is a true family definition. Family is about belonging. It's about love. It's about loyalty. It's about respect. All those feelings, all of that is family. And it's that sense of belonging and love and loyalty, but it just doesn't extend to biological like I just said before it's not my my kids Claire's an auntie Jenny is an auntie I mean Sam's not an auntie because she was like I remember Sam this high <laughs> you know but they've all been aunties and uncles oh she's Sarah's an auntie Rachel's an auntie everybody's an auntie but that's because these people have had some sort of influence over Indian Kerwin's life at some point there's Uncle Lyndon you know and it's like that, I'm sure you get what I'm saying. But it, it, it extends to anyone that brings out that need to have each other's back. It, it, it makes you willing to go to the end of the earth for that person. And it, we sometimes just have these like sentences and these phrases and we're like, oh yeah, I've got your back. If you tell me you have my back, your family, Watch your words from now on. I'm claiming you. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. You know, that's it. It brings out the need to protect you. It brings out the need to be with you, to walk with you through anything at all that you're going through. That's what family is. But then how did we become a family? We're talking. I, I, I moved from St. Vincent. Geographically, you know, I'm at the other end of the world. How did you become my family? You see, in the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter where in the world you are, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter biologically. We are family biologically through the blood of Christ. Blood makes you family. There's that old saying, blood is thicker than water. Yeah. In the kingdom of Christ, it is. You're my family because of the blood of Christ. Um, let's look at Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Got to be careful, Romeo kept saying to me, you only got 30 minutes. And I'm like, I don't want to be a pastor, Jeff. <laughs> so I'm going to try not to keep you here any longer. <laughs> so Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. 
and the cornerstone of Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple of the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And that's it. it. I can't explain it any better than that. That's literally explained. All that I just said in 1 Corinthians 12, it's come back again. That's it. We are carefully joined together with him, him being Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. The church is one body, and as a body with many parts, we've each got our part to play. Each of us has got a different role. Now, <laughs> I fancy myself as a keyboardist, but Sam would think differently. And I always say, <laughs> every time we come to practice, the first thing I do, I get behind the drums. And I'm like, yeah, I could play the drum. I could probably do like a marching band thing, but that's the end of it. I am no drummer. And Simon will tell you that. And Sam, oh, really? <laughs> and Sam would tell you, well, he wouldn't sing. He would leave that to, well, he probably would leave it to Romy more than he would leave it to me, but, you know. But he would leave it to me. We've all got our different part to play. Now, as part of the worship team, if I stood here on my own and sing, you might think, okay, yes, yeah, she sounds good. But then if Sam comes in with his keyboard, you might think, oh, that sounds really nice. But then Phil joins with his guitar, and you think, wow, that sounds really good. But then Juliet comes in, and she puts a nice harmony in. And then you think, wow. And then Sally comes in, and she brings another harmony. So Juliet is there, I'm there, and Sally's here. And then Romeo comes in, and he drops something there, and Phil's somewhere in the middle. You see, you've got five voices working together, don't you? It's a completely different sound than if I'm working alone. And then you've got Simon comes in on the drums. And then, oh, then, oh, Chloe might just come in with the cello. Oh, oh. And then you've got an electric guitar somewhere. Do you see where I'm going with this? On my own, I might sound good. But if I've got a whole accompaniment with me, it sounds so much better. We just need to find out what part we play. We find out what part we play. You know, <laughs> I was thinking this in um, the game Twister. Have you ever played it? Yeah. yeah. Imagine you've got a card and it says that the feet are attached to the arm, right? Um, and you know it starts getting hard when it tells you like the hip bone is connected to the elbow. But remember, you're not connecting on your own. You're connecting with other people. Um, and then it says an eye to the ear or this is me making this up now, right? Like a liver to the spleen or you know, you know what I'm saying. It gets hard. That's because you're trying to fit joints from one person not to a complementing or corresponding joint with somebody else. That's where things start getting hard. I know it's a really funny game, and when you're playing it, you do not think it's hard. You just laugh. But it is a hard thing to do. 
But we're going to look at Romans 12 from verse 4. And I want you to see how this is the plan that Christ made, that we all find the part that we play. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. All are apostles, all are prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? What if we all decided we were interpreting but nobody spoke in tongues? What if there's only healing, but then nobody spoke in tongues and interpreted? Oh, there are so many miracles, but nobody actually spoke and taught the word. It's not going to work. One part is probably going to flourish, and another part's not going to flourish as probably as well as another. So when you've figured out where you've been positioned, and where you've been placed, you do what you're supposed to do. Because sometimes it's so easy to get distracted and you think, right, well, I want to do this or I want to do that. But no, once you've figured out where you've been placed, because you've been placed there for a reason, you start doing what you're supposed to do. It's like in your natural family. You know, there are certain jobs that... Romeo wouldn't think of doing. You know, he's starting doing them now. I've given up the DIY, so he's taking over. <laughs> but there were certain things I wouldn't ask Kerwin to do. I wouldn't think, oh, I'd really like to have a moussaka, but I wouldn't ask my son, who's 17, to do it for me. No. I mean, he makes a really good spaghetti bolognese. That's all right. And that's the extent of what I would ask him to do. Because I know his strengths. Looking after the family is what I love to do. Yay! But Christy likes cooking. Christy is Romeo's cousin and she cooks really good food. Christy likes cooking. So if I, depends on what I want to eat, I'm like, Christy. Depends on what they would like to eat. They're like, Camille, can you? because they know your strengths. It's the same way within the body of Christ. In the natural family also, you know, I mean, my brothers, there were certain things they'd be like, now we'd wait until she comes to do this. Even my mom would be like, pick up the phone and she'd be like, hey, because she knows my strengths. There are certain things I'd ring my sister and I'd be like, help, because I know what strengths she's got. It's the same thing in the church it's the same thing in the body of christ you know sometimes you're always quoting jeremiah 29 11 oh everybody's oh yeah you know uh, lord i know your word tells me i know the plans that you have for me and their plans to prosper me and sometimes we stop there but we're always talking about the plans that god has for us and that's all right because he does have really good plans for us. 
He says he's got plans to prosper us. It's plans that would make us the head and not the tail. It's, you, you know, he, he's got really good plans for us. And there are plans that I'm like, yes, Lord, you've told me this. So I'm standing on that and I'm confident that you deliver that. But sometimes we think it's only in relation to worldly things. God's got plans. His plans are for you in his kingdom. There are plans that actually is about the kingdom of God. I mean, yeah, I'd like to have the, some of the materialistic stuff. And, but his word tells us to seek him and his kingdom first. And then he will add the things to our lives. But the prosperity in that verse that the Bible is talking about, it's not based on our physical or materialistic or material surroundings, but it's about true prosperity that can only come from being in the will of God. Having his plans worked out in your life. And sometimes that can actually mean doing something for a season that you don't even think. You can't see how being in that position lines up to what you think are the plans that God has for your life. No way. How could you cleaning be part of the plan that God has for you that is to be the worship leader? It could be that you just need to serve. That's it. And you serve in whatever capacity that you're needed. Because sometimes we need to serve where the need is. You know, when we hear of the need for a children's worker, sometimes we're like, that's not my calling. Or you're like, car park? Listen, nobody's going to run me over on a Sunday morning. Or in yourself, you're thinking, listen, I'm one of those people with road rage. <laughs> I hope none of you are. But you think, nah, I'm not standing up, no. Because if they don't go where I tell them to park, I will get upset. Maybe God just needs to teach us patience. <laughs> just maybe he needs to teach us patience. Or maybe God is asking you, or somebody is asking you to... Would you be so willing as to make the refreshments so we can all, you know, after church or there might be a guest, whatever the case is. But you're like, I want to do that. I'm, I'm, I want to lead worship or I want to I be the kids' church worker in this case. You're thinking, how is me mixing tea and coffee? And they probably wouldn't even like the way I make tea and coffee. How is that going to help me get to where I want to be? There is nothing that you do in the kingdom of God that is too small. The Bible tells us that the Lord is no man's debtor. No man's debtor. Do you remember Esther? Do you remember the story of Esther? Maybe, just maybe, 
When you get asked to do something and you think it does not line up with the plans that you think that God has for you, maybe that's when you should say, just maybe, who knows, perhaps I was placed here for such a time as this. Just maybe. So, I'm saying June 27th because I'm really looking forward to this and I'm praying that nothing happens and we would be able to do that. So come June 27th when we gather and we start building. You know, it's my desire, but more than that, it is God's plan, his desire, his purpose, that each and every one of us play our part in this new season that we're stepping into. It's his plan that all of us, individually and collectively, do our part to progress and advance his kingdom here on earth. Because that is the sole purpose of why we do what we do. That's it. Do you remember when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray? What did he say? In Matthew 6, 10, he said, may your kingdom soon come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's agenda has always been about establishing his kingdom, establishing the rule of his kingdom here on earth. But it's his desire to do it with us as children. We're co-laborers with Christ. This is our reality. You know, we weren't saved just for heaven. Otherwise, like I've heard it said before, he would have just taken us. We weren't saved just for heaven. We were saved to do a work. We're on assignment. If you've got an assignment, you know, listen, you know when you're in school, you've got an assignment a teacher gave you. Like Kerwin, I'm like, you got any assignments to school? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, have you done it? There's a deadline. And sometimes I think we forget that there is a deadline. We don't know that deadline, but there is a deadline. There's a deadline, and we, we just, my mom used to say, stop being lackadaisical. <laughs> but there is a deadline. And Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good deeds, the good things he planned for us long ago. So every one of us, all of us, those that are here and those that are listening to my voice, wherever you are, all of us has got something to do. That, ha that's, that plan has been made since before time. You, you can't be like, well, yeah, I didn't know that. But that's probably because we didn't find out. We didn't take the time to find out. And we've got a plan to do each of us, every one of us. And you know, God is quite intentional. So God would have made that plan, all of us with a plan, to enhance each other, to enhance the plans that he has for me, the plans that he has for Pastor Jeff, the plans that he has for Roy, they would all enhance each other and complement each other. Because he does not do things to divide. 
In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As every man hath received the gift, even minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So each of us, each of us, we each have something unique to offer. Recognize this and work together as a team, as a unit, as a family. All our differences, all the talents that we have, all the different gifts that we have, all of these exist to enhance and complement each other. Um, there's a um, television program, and I, I remember this earlier. I was trying to explain it to Indy. She was like, what? <laughs> um, but it's a little children's program, and they all would go around saying, what's going to work? Teamwork. And then later on in the program, they'd be like, teamwork makes the dream work. Don't you think that? I mean, that's probably not, but yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. You've got a dream and you've got this person come alongside you that it'll get done. But that's how it is in the, in the kingdom of God. If we all work together and allow all the different gifts that we have, all the different talents that we have, to complement each other, come alongside each other. So the work that Margaret does, if she's doing um, hosting, you know that smile that Margaret gives you when, she, when you walk in? Sometimes that smile is the only smile some people get. So by the time they get to the word that Pastor Jeff speaks, their heart is already opened to receiving that word. What happens? They're so open to God. When the Holy Spirit moves on their heart, there's nothing else but for them to ask God into their lives. But without that smile from Margaret, their heart might not, their heart might not have been touched anywhere near that. Recognize that our parts are so significant when we play them. Jesus was the perfect example of this, of working together. Otherwise, he could have done it all alone. But he chose to have 12 men with him to help him carry out the work that his father sent him to do. And I really want to leave you on that, on that thought because I want you to see that all, all of us, every single one of us in the kingdom of God really and truly need each other. All right? Good. I made it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I'm so 